In most organizations, competitive intelligence, CI for short, is the process of gathering and analyzing data and information that most often supports sales and marketing. For example, you've likely heard of a one-loss analysis, requiring sales reps to enter information into a CRM platform to identify competitors and, in a limited way, the competitive landscape. Today, the content and use of CI have expanded in many organizations to inform strategic decisions, like operational investments or mergers and acquisitions. But how do you analyze, distill, and disseminate such information, along with mining the web and using other internal platforms quickly and effectively? To understand the current state of competitive intelligence, we'll hear from Jonah Lopin, CEO and co-founder of Crayon, an award-winning and industry-leading CI company. Prior to starting Crayon, Jonah was Vice President of Customer Success at HubSpot. Joining as an early employee and scaling the team up over six years to thousands of customers and hundreds of employees. Jonah has also built and launched social and mobile apps and served as a consultant in the strategy and operations group at Deloitte Consulting. He holds a BA from Cornell and an MBA from MIT Sloan, and we are thrilled to have him as our guest. Jonah, welcome to our podcast series. Thanks, John. Really psyched to be here and psyched for the conversation. Jonah, why don't you give us a little bit of your background and some insights into how you came up with Crayon and the concept of competitive intelligence? Yeah, ha happy to. So I was a physics major as an undergrad and then went straight into management consulting and actually learned a lot and got a lot out of that management consulting gig, but very, very rapidly realized that I was just not cut out to be a, to be a partner in a management consulting firm for a whole bunch of reasons. So I went off and did an MBA at MIT and just fell in love with startups. And I really, up until I went to MIT, really wasn't even aware and didn't understand that this thing called startups exists, which at the time felt to me like this alternate reality that was just awesome where there's no rules. And there's unlimited upside so long as you can build something that customers want, truly want, and will pay for, <laughs> and that you can reach the market and build a business around that. So when I learned about startups, I was like, why would anyone not do this? Oh, this, this is awesome. <laughs> so then I joined, I actually joined a company called HubSpot, mm -hmm. right, directly after business school. And it's funny, I almost didn't join HubSpot. So most listeners probably know HubSpot at this point is a $15 billion market cap company. But at the time, there were only five people at the company. Now, I almost didn't join HubSpot as employee number six because it was too late stage for me at the time. I was like, no, I really want to do a startup. And they've already got five people. But I joined HubSpot anyway and was on the management team, you know, basically from zero to the IPO. So what a scale-up journey, right? But really had the itch to go and build the next one and go zero to one again and, and do another scale-up. And, and that's and then went founded Crayon. Okay, a couple things about Crayon. I really want to give our listeners some insight because when I talk to several people about competitive intelligence, it's sort of like an amorphous term. No one really understands it. Maybe you can give us some little insight into competitive intelligence and what you saw that was missing in the market that brought you to create Crayon. Yeah. So my co-founder and I, we really started the company with three big ideas, which was we wanted to build something big. We're ambitious dudes and we wanted to build something remarkable and, and large that we could be proud of. We wanted to innovate and build software. And then we wanted to have some fun <laughs> in that process because life is short. So we were like, we definitely want to have some fun while we're doing this. 
And then Cran is very much a story of kind of working on the wrong thing that really leads you to the right thing, right? So we initially were actually building technology that would generate a sort of a longitudinal view of the web so that we could surface design trends for designers. And what we realized in the course of building that was that, gosh, the market's not too interested in that, but the market's really, really interested in taking some of the data that we're collecting and applying that to competitive intelligence. We did what good entrepreneurs, when they're trying to find product market fit, is we really followed the interest of the market and followed the willingness of our customers to write us a check, frankly, because I think your early customers vote with their dollars in terms of what they what they find valuable. And so we really shifted our tech to focus on competitive intelligence. What we've come to realize, okay, now that we've been six years since we signed up our first customer, we've been more than doubling our customer base and our revenue, more than doubling every year since we started the company, is that we can lead a real industry transformation here in competitive intelligence and build a large new software category around this. And the reason is because competitive intelligence has always been about human-driven effort. It's always been a manual process. So it's always fallen short, right. frankly, because it takes takes a bunch of time and it takes a bunch of money to generate competitive insight. And so what that means is by the time historically you generate a competitive insight and you walk it down the hall to your head of sales or you walk it down the hall to your head of product, those leaders are like, well, gee, those insights would have been pretty darn useful two months ago, but all those sales deals where this would have been helpful, we've already won or lost them. And all these product decisions where this would have been helpful, we've already made those product decisions. So historically, competitive intelligence has always been this human-driven thing, which lags the market. And so therefore, the impact inside the business has never been very large. And what we realized, though, is that we can do this with software, we can do it real time and therefore build a new category around competitive intelligence that's far more actionable, far more valuable than what folks have been doing for a long, long time. Yeah. Again, in my own experience in businesses that also you talk about the human element and those are often the information you're getting is filtered. It's filtered through the heuristics that someone has that they're using to make judgments. And that's what you're taking then as part of your analytics in terms of budgeting and understanding the competitive landscape where yours is software driven so you don't get that extra filter of having to go through a person to understand what's happening humans just like in almost every discipline that has undergone a software driven transformation right look at marketing look at look at business operations heck look at sales right right these are disciplines where over the last couple of decades we've really seen transformation from a lot of manual effort and a lot of arts and crafts (laughs) to a lot more science and data and software. But the humans are still critical to it. Mm -hmm. The humans are still a critical piece of that. And we, we do the largest industry survey in competitive intelligence every year called the State of Competitive Intelligence. And folks can get that from our website. One of the things that we track is we ask competitive intelligence teams how much time do you spend researching and gathering information versus analyzing and making sense of that information versus taking the insights that you've generated and going to get those in the hands of people across the company who need them to win a sales deal or to bring a product to market or make a marketing decision? 
And what we've found, we've been doing this survey for five or six years now, a really steady transformation in the market from most of the time has been historically spent researching and gathering information and then a good chunk analyzing and then not a lot of time actually making this stuff actionable around the company. And that's what's really shifting with software is automate the research. So we really eat into that research step. We can make you far more efficient at how you analyze and generate insight. And then the majority of time when you're in competitive intelligence should really be how is this information being used and what's the impact that it's having? Sure. Demonstrating value to the users within the organization has always been something that's been somewhat tough. Even just getting, as an example, sales teams to put in win-loss rates and helping gather information that would help us position ourselves from a pricing standpoint, from a services, features, and benefits standpoint. It's always been somewhat difficult. And then you've got to show value because, as you say, it's got to be actionable. It's got to be something that they can take then to the market that helps them win the next deal or... If I'm a CFO, I want to know what's happening in the market because, hey, I'm budgeting investment. I'm budgeting operations, creating a structure. All those things I would think that CI is an important part of informing strategy. Absolutely. And some of these things that we've been, like you said, trying to do for a long, long time, like it's a good example, like, hey, how do we get our sales reps? We all kind of understand that our sales reps, and especially a larger company, I mean, we're talking about hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands of sellers across the globe who are generating a lot of intelligence inside of competitive deals that they're winning and losing. But like, hey, Mr. Seller, please go update the CRM with a bunch of fields we want you to fill out. They're not going to do it, right? right? And one of the things that we do is we'll connect with your CRM system and help you understand the win-loss insights from that data. The problem is a lot of times the data is just not very good. Now, one of the shifts, though, in this market is toward conversational intelligence as a source for competitive intelligence. Hmm. So we integrate with Chorus and with Gong. We're the only competitive intelligence company that's part of Gong's revenue collective. And what we can do with those systems is like, yeah, maybe the sales rep didn't mark in the CRM that the deal is competitive. But you know what? They got asked yesterday on a call 10 times about the competitor. So I think we can safely infer that that is a competitive deal. And we just automatically update CRM system with what we're hearing inside of the actual transcripts from the calls. Just another example of how in 2022, you can really use software to get leverage in how you understand your competitive sales funnel and how you use that information to win more. That's remarkable. And I wasn't aware that you had that ability to even record a conversation and then filter through that and sort of pick out the little gems that are there. And by the way, typically, that's where as someone who led a sales team, that's where I picked up most of my intelligence was that during a conversation with the sales reps and asking them the questions. And another aspect of this, which I think is lost on a lot of people, is when you're budgeting and when you're looking at win-loss rates and how you price your product and all of those things come together in terms of developing strategy, that helps inform and you give that to the rep and say, look, when you're in front of the client, here's what we're seeing that the competitor does different than us. Here's how we want you to position us. And understanding those elements are exceptionally helpful to get the rep to win the job. Absolutely. And I think that this is like the origin of competitive battle cards, which are designed to help sales reps have that kind of information. The challenge with these competitive battle cards is how do you keep them up to date? 
the moment that you publish it, it's right. But then they just get out of date. And especially if you've got a global sales team and you've got multiple product lines, and you've got lots of different competitors that you're competing with, got different segments of the market that you're in and different flavors of what works and what doesn't. And it's a shifting sand. And so a lot of times, unfortunately, what we see with customers is it's, it's worse than having no battle cards at all is having battle cards that are out of date and either not trusted, not used, or used, but the information's old, so the sales rep's right. actually doing herself a disservice by paying attention to it. Then we carve these competitive battle cards up into much more specific and narrow kind of sales plays. We connect those to our data and intelligence engine, so when something shifts in the market, we can trigger you to like, hey, here's where you need to go make an update. We touched on it before. Competitive intelligence isn't just to inform the sales team. It's informing the more of a holistic view of the business, right? I mean, you've got to look at strategy and product development and investment and how you're helping the company beyond just revenue. It's also about planning, about looking at the future and positioning, correct? 100% correct. And I think you want to look at the maturity of a competitive intelligence team and organization. Mm -hmm. Now, this market is still in the early stages of transformation to software and still in the early stages of development. Okay, So a lot of competitive intelligence teams are sales-focused, and that's typically where teams start, which makes sense because, look, the average enterprise, half of your sales deals are head-to-head competitive. So in your typical enterprise, half of your sales plan for next year hinges on beating the competition. So totally understandable. And look, competitive intelligence can really move the needle there. So a lot of especially emerging CI programs will start with a focus on the sales team. But then you move beyond that and like you look at how do you differentiate in your market. Gartner's got this amazing statistic that three quarters of tech buyers think that all of the vendors that they're looking at just look the same, right? And so I think a lot of our customers are saying, gosh, what would it be worth to our business if we could stand out? What would it be worth to our business if we could be the ones that buck the trend and we are differentiated in our market? You've got to understand the competition to do that. Right. Interesting. This also plays in, and again, only because having experienced it, both from an acquisition side and then selling our business, it's a lot of M&A work also focuses attention on competitive intelligence, understanding before they make an acquisition, who does this company compete with? What's their strengths and weaknesses in the market? Is this a worthwhile investment? And so that's really been my exposure of late is to how to evaluate a business, even if it's a potential target. Absolutely, right. So applications of competitive intelligence how do we understand our strategic partners better? How do we identify M&A opportunities? Then you've got your product team. How do we bring product to market faster by automating a lot of the research that product managers have to do into competitive functionality and competitive pricing? Let's automate that so that product marketers can speed up time to market. Then you've got a bunch of applications inside of the marketing team as well. Everything from content marketing, how do we do our content marketing? How do we execute our demand? generation. One customer of ours is Dropbox. Really good example of a mature competitive intelligence program that's really a backbone for across the entire business. 
where they've got thousands and thousands of sellers using Crayon every day to win more competitive deals. But then they've got users across business development and social media and PR. They've got members of the executive team consuming briefings and using Crayon to drive the questions they delve into in QBRs and different teams. You've got the product folks, all hundreds of product managers using this thing in the product development process. So yeah, when this is done right and the discipline matures inside of a business, it really is about far more than just how do we drive wins in our sales team. Although most companies, and we totally will work with you and and support that, most companies who are getting off the sidelines with competitive do often start where the rubber meets the road on the sales side. One of the things that I found fascinating about what you guys do, it's not just about what I'm feeding you from within my company. You actually analyze and dig deep into the broader intelligence that exists out there, mining everything that's on Google, whether it's on Reddit, wherever there's data on competitive intelligence, you go out and find it and then provide that back, correct? Yeah, so one of the things, one of the shifts is really two shifts that make it possible to do what we do today at Crayon. Okay, where you just couldn't have built a product or a company like Crayon a decade, two decades ago, but you can today. The first shift is there's just exponentially more information out there on the public web about every business than there was 15 years ago. If you just think about 15 years ago, it's like people were, maybe you had your website and maybe you have a Twitter account or something like that. All of the review sites like G2 and all the others didn't even exist yet. Glassdoor was just getting started in the late 2000s. I mean, Reddit, Reddit's one of the most trafficked sites on the internet, didn't even exist in the late 2000s. And on and on and on, if you think about Google's index is 100 times bigger than it was a decade ago. So, so much information out there. And so what that means is, yeah, we can programmatically generate intelligence where that just wasn't possible before. A lot of what we've done as a business is just get really, really good at how do we track the digital footprint of your competitors, pull in a tremendous amount of information, but then using machine learning and artificial intelligence and a bunch of other algorithmic and other approaches, how do we pull signal from that so you're not overwhelmed by the noise of that? But that's the first shift. The second shift is the just ubiquitous adoption across the enterprise of messaging and chat and workflow systems for sales, like your sales enablement platform, CRM, or if you're in product, you're using product board and you're using Jira. But frontline folks across marketing, sales, product, they're using these tools all day, every day to do their job. That means two things. First of all, it means we can mine those systems for competitive intelligence just the same way that we mine the public web, right? So we can pull intelligence from what is your sales team learning? What is your product team learning as they're working? The second thing we can do, though, is we can then push intelligence back into those systems. So that the, in the context of a competitive sales deal inside of the CRM, we can show a sales rep just what they need to see to advance that deal. Or we can get information to a product manager that's relevant to what she's building inside of the Slack channel where she's working with her team. It's really like exponentially more data out there on the public web. And then this just ubiquity of these workflow and messaging tools across the enterprise, those two pieces 
is what enables us to, yeah, really build a competitive intelligence platform that's effective in 2022 where you really couldn't do that a decade ago. Sure. I guess what the real value that you bring is that distillation process, right? You distill it down into what's really necessary for me to see as opposed to having then to go through and be overwhelmed. You have the ability then to distill into what I really need to make something actionable. I mean, that is certainly a large piece of what we do. A large piece of what we do is how do we help you make sense of it, right? right? How do we help you drive from, from data to insight? The second piece, though, which is just as hard and just as critical, is like now that you've got an insight, how do you weave that insight through the commercial engine of the business? Like, How do you get that insight to somebody who's going to be able to use that to make a decision or take an action? Right. That's the second piece like we call the activation of that intelligence where we're very, very focused and very strong. And then the other one is just not to lose sight of not all of the data that is important for competitive intelligence is commoditized. Mm. That is, certain things are commoditized, right? Like anybody with a AWS account and a keyboard can go and pull the latest tweets from your competitor, right? And show you their latest tweets. But if you remember, I told you where we started the company was, how do you get a longitudinal view of the web, mm-hmm. right? Like how do you take a competitor's pricing page or look their entire website? And then how does their website change over time? And how do you pull material changes out so that you can understand how they're, right? Because the website's always a reflection of what products you offer and which segments of the market you're targeting and what your strategy is. And that's a really hard problem that we've solved. We've compared over a billion web pages for customers and we use artificial intelligence to pull the signal out of that. And that's an example of, there's a couple other examples, but that's an example of the data itself is just hard to get. Right, interesting. What advice or insights that you'd like to share with budding entrepreneurs? This advice might come across as funny, but I do like to give this advice. If you don't feel like you need to start a company, ah, I would go do something else because it's not the most glamorous job, to be honest, being a founder and and trying to start a company. It's not the best way to make a buck, that's for (laughs) sure, certainly statistically speaking. So if you feel like, gosh, you could go be, be part of somebody else's team or go do something else and you feel like you'd be happy with that, you should go do that because it really can be tough. On the flip side, if you do feel you need to do this, then go do it. If you feel you need to start something and you really feel deep down in in your bones and in your heart that you're an entrepreneur who's got to go build, then don't let anyone or anything stand in your way and just go do it. Stay focused on the customer and and solve for the customer, build for the customer, and let's go. (laughs) That's the advice I would give. Excellent, excellent. Being an entrepreneur is not an easy path. Get ready for some disappointment. Get ready for a lot of bumps (laughs) in the road. But there's a big reward at the end. Sort of a a wrap-up question here. What one word describes who you are? One word that describes me, but I'm going to have to hyphenate, (laughs) (laughs) is relentless but having fun along the way. That's what I'd say because, gosh, I am a relentless. I am pretty relentless in what I do, but life is short and you got to have some fun while you're doing it. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jonah, for these insights. And I think our listeners are going to get a lot out of it. Thanks so much. Awesome, John. Hey, thanks for having me. Great conversation. Early on, 
Jonah and his co-founder were building software that would explore the web to surface trends for designers. But they realized the market did not embrace that idea. However, customers saw an application for using the data they were collecting for competitive intelligence applications. As he said, we followed the market's interest and the willingness of our customers to write us a check. This is encapsulated in how engineers discover a product market fit. First, identify the market need and build a solution that customers are willing to buy. CI has historically been a human-driven effort, a manual process generating data and information that lagged in rapidly changing markets. As Jonah points out, their platform automates the process of mining the web, looking through competitor websites, reviews, and even the ubiquitous recorded conversations between reps and customers. So Crayon CI software accelerates collection, analysis, and dissemination to create timely and actionable intelligence. Jonah's advice to those thinking about starting a business? Consider that it's not an easy way to make a buck. It's not glamorous, and there's risk. But as he said, if you feel deep down in your bones and heart, you are an entrepreneur, then do it. Stay focused on the customer, solve for the customer, and build for the customer. And the word he used to describe himself was relentless. This is undoubtedly an attribute we see in entrepreneurs. But Jonah modified it to relentless but having fun. Life's too short, so make sure you have fun along the way. Thanks to Jonah for sharing his thoughts and insights. This podcast is executive produced by John Rebecki and New York Institute of Technology in conjunction with the School of Management and the Office of Strategic Communications and External Affairs. The interim dean of the School of Management and producer of this podcast is Deborah Cohn. Our marketing and social media strategist is Petra Shantaraga. And our audio editor and mixer is Brian Falk from Abacus Entertainment. Until next time.